Welcome into the Reviewing the Brew podcast. I am your host, David Gasper. With me, as always, Matthew DeWaskin. we got a big show lined up for you today. Uh, what could the Brewers rotation look like next year? What kind of free agent or trade rumors are out there on the Milwaukee Brewers this offseason? Mm-hmm. And the award season is kicking into high gear, and that's what we'll start with. Uh, Matthew, the award season yes. did not get off to a, f- a great start for the Milwaukee Brewers because it's, it started with the Gold Gloves, and the Brewers had four nominees. They had Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, Travis Shaw, and Manny Pena. And surprisingly, the Brewers went 0 for 4 at the Gold Gloves. Lorenzo Cain did not win. Manny Pena did not win. None of them won. And I think that this is absolute highway robbery. Okay. Well, before we get into those awards, I'm, I'm going I'm to give myself an award right now. There we are. Oh, you and your Miller Lite. Got to love it. I forgot. I can't believe I forgot yes. mine at home. One, one of these days I got to remember to bring my own here. That's funny. No, it's a, it's a podcast. What, we, you know, we, what are you doing without Miller Lite? You gotta have a Miller Lite here. It's a it's in my fridge. It's it's in my fridge at home. Mm. Eh, oh well, anyway, I'll I'll have one when I, we're done. I'll have several when we're done. <laughs> fair enough. But, but either yeah, I was really surprised that they didn't come home with at least one Gold Glove. I, I figured that uh, you know Lorenzo Cain was likely to get it. I. You know, based on the year he had, he definitely deserved it. Uh, you know, Manny Pena didn't shock me that he didn't get it. Christian Yelich didn't shock me that he didn't get it. But Kane, I, w- I was really expecting to come home with that just because he's been, you know, like consistent, consistently on highlight shows. And, he, and he, had, he had a great year in the field this year. You know, I mean, he was, uh, you know, in the top, I think, top 10, top five in nationally, you know, you know wins above replacement. And... You know, the majority. You know, the majority of that was not because of his bad, but because of his defense. Oh, for so sure. It 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 really shocked me to to see him not bring it home. So yeah, and Ender Inciarte. You know, I mean, he was he was the actual winner of the Gold Glove. Um, he had Inciarte had seventeen defensive runs saved this year. Uh, Lorenzo Cain had twenty defensive runs saved. Inciarte yep. had, I believe, six assists from the outfield. Lorenzo Cain had eleven. So, I don't really know how how they get with this whole Ender and Ciarte thing, but seventy five percent of the vote or of the final results comes from player and coach votes from from around the league. So mm-hmm. that's that's how it's won. So which is really I think a major flaw in, in the Gold Glove voting process because a lot of it's more based on reputation than instead of actual merit because. Yadier Molina won the gold glove at catcher again this year. He did not have the best defensive metrics. He was not even close to that, but he's Yadier Molina. So he'll just win the gold glove because he simply exists. Even though Manny Pena threw out 10% more base runners and he had more defensive runs saved, he had less errors, allowed less wild pitches, allowed less passed balls, but here we are with Yadier Molina winning another gold glove. Yeah, you know, I, it, you know, I, honestly, at this point, he's probably gonna be winning gold gloves two years after he retires. <laughs> He'll just be sitting on the couch. Oh, another gold glove came in oh, the mail. Another, another one of these. I, I don't know where I'm gonna put this. Yeah, this puts <sighs> in like 
storage closet. Yeah. So I, it, you know, it, it, it is what it, you know, it's gold gloves. It's, it's, it, it's kind of a flawed process as, you know, is in, in, in terms of, you know, you know, the way the voting is, you know, the voting. kind of a popularity contest at this point. So, yeah, yeah I just gotta throw, kind of throw, kind of, just kind of, kind of, kind of throw my hands up, and you know, just you know, I I know that Lorenzo Kane had a great year. I'm sure Lorenzo knows he had a great year. Yeah, but you Lorenzo's know, he, never won a Gold but, Glove. Can you believe that? That's he, yeah. Well, no, just because you know he's played for Kansas City, he's played for Milwaukee. He's never, you know, a let's just say you know those two teams don't always get the most exposure. Yeah, but I mean, it's still if it's. It's votes from around the league. It's not the national media. It's votes from your fellow players and coaches. And even then, like, they'll be able to recognize players, even though they're on smaller market teams. You know, they should be able to, to notice this. And I, I think just because most of it's based on reputation, since Kane hasn't won one, he doesn't technically have the reputation. So that's why it's just going to make it more and more difficult for him to win. Because he's got to somehow unseat Ender and Ciarte, who's won it the past three seasons. So that that's where I think it comes in. But the gold gloves, I mean, they're they're just a flawed process and I I don't even think gold gloves should mean that much anymore. Like if if it if it isn't given to you the best defensive player in each league, what what's the point of the award? You know, like if you're going, if you're given the gold glove for this award for you know the best defensive players, if you're not going to actually base it off of, of numbers and you know things that actually prove how someone could be the best defensive player, and you're just going to go off reputation and popularity, what's even the point of having the award or really kind of believing it as this kind of you know end all be all sort of of viewing defensive excellence? Actually, Dion David, that's a great. I wish I, I wish I had a proper answer for you. I really don't. Um, yeah, that's my hot take. The gold gloves are useless. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, at, at least in you know the you know the the the, the one I've always liked is, is the, the fielding bible awards. I always thought I always thought they were really thoughtful and 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 the, how how they you know uh, you know you know kind of process the information and 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 came up with the actual you know best defenders of the season at each position. I was I always thought they did a really nice job. Did Lorenzo, the did, you, did Lorenzo Kane win uh, that one, the fielding Bible one? I thought he I did. The, I thought I saw it. I didn't see. I thought I saw that he did. He did not. Lorenzo Kane did not win the Wilson Defensive Player of the Year award. So you have two gloves, two glove companies that hand out your Defensive Player of the Year type awards. And Lorenzo Kane wins neither. And he lost the Wilson one to Kevin Kiermeyer. Who played in eighty-eight games? How does Good. Lorenzo Cain lose to a guy who only played half the season? I mean, this is ridiculous. There is there is no respect out there for Lorenzo Cain. None Are you sure? whatsoever. Wait a minute. I'm... The, the 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 fielding by, the fielding battle awards by John Dewan, Lorenzo Cain won. Okay, he yeah he won the fielding Bible ones, but I, I'm talking the the Wilson and and the Rawlings Gold Glove and, and Defensive Player of the Year awards. Oh, sorry, man. He he won the one. He, he, <laughs> he won, won that the one. real one. Yeah, he won yeah. the real one. He won he won the knockoff Gold Glove awards, basically. Although we should uh, put now the the knockoff Gold Glove is the real Gold Glove because that's the only one that actually knows what's going on. 
The Fielding Bible Awards are now the new gold gloves. Forget Rawlings. Forget Wilson. <laughs> just just because just because just, Lorenzo Cain won it. Just because Fielding Bible knows the truth, they know what's going on. I think Cain has won multiple Fielding Bible Awards. If I'm not mistaken. So that that's where he gets his recognition, the Fielding Bible Awards. Yep. Well, at least he gets it somewhere. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, he, yeah, the, he, he, yeah, John, yeah, the, the, the John Dewan, the real one, recognized, yeah, recognized Ryan's okay. Oh. Of course, they also had Alex Gordon in left field, which that's, that's kind of hands in the air. Yeah. Hey, I mean, Salvador Perez won a silver slugger tonight, so. Salvador Perez had a 713 OPS this season, and he won the Second. AL catcher silver slugger. That's not good. No, there, there was there was nobody better. No, I think uh, the only other one he had like a, a Jan Gomes. He had a seven sixty OPS, but he didn't play in enough of the games because he had a split time with uh, Roberto Perez in, in Cleveland. Well, Perez at least hit twenty seven homers. Yeah, but wow, that's not good. That's yeah, not good. Got gotta love the award season. Speaking of silver sluggers, the silver slugger awards were announced earlier today, um, or, or early on Thursday when we when we record this. So, Christian Yelich won the silver slugger award for in, in the NL outfield. Uh, not a real surprise there. He won the Hank Aaron Award that was announced during the World Series. Uh, that's given annually to the league's best offensive player. So when Yelich wins that, you'd have to figure the Silver Slugger is in his future. So one of the uh, first of a couple of awards for Christian Yelich this year, Matthew. Oh, absolutely. That, that's that's the one I, I really care about. The Silver that's, Slugger? You know, no, 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 no. The other one. The, the one that hasn't been announced yet. The MVP. Yep. That, that's the one I want. Yeah. Well, World Series trophy first, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, we all want that MVP. Yes, but you know, it 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 it'll it'll be nice. It'll be nice when 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 Christian gets his gets his recognition, which I, he's got to, right? Oh yeah, he's he's the betting favorite. He's the odds-on favorite. I mean, it's everything points to Christian Yelich. I mean, I mean, if he does not win, there's going to be some sort of riot in Milwaukee. <laughs> Because on, honestly, there, there's no way you could go with Nolan Arenado or Javi Baez for for that award A- after what Christian Yelich did during September and August and July and really kind of the whole season. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I'm I'm kind of trying to imagine scenarios in which he he lose he doesn't get it, and I'm I'm struggling to think of them. They all um, involve the apocalypse. Pretty much, and they also, you know, involve you know, I I, I can't see Javi Baez getting a, getting an MVP over, over Christian Yelich for this season. No. That, that, that. It, so it might have been a de- it was it was more of a debate like early September, but oh, yeah. w- once he went through September and and Javi Baez just kind of stayed flat, just kind of stayed where he was, and and Christian Yelich just put the team on his back to a division title, no less. The other two can the other two contenders, Baez and Arenado, they didn't win their divisions. They played the wild card game. So 
I think that just elevates Yelich e- even more, the fact that he won the division title. And basically, he's the one who carried his team to it. The Brewers would not have won that division title if it weren't for what Yelich did in September and throughout oh, the whole so, season. God, God, yes. Yeah, 100% accurate. Yeah, so. he he was the best player. He was the best player I saw all season, and we saw just about everybody. So, I I, yeah. I really can't imagine him not winning that award. Yeah, at this e- point. even by the end of the year, like I think it was Bob Nightingale. He was like, "It's not a question of whether Christian Yelich will win the MVP award. It's a question of whether or not it's going to be unanimous." So, I, I think I don't know. Do you think it could be a unanimous victory for Christian Yelich? Do you think he'll get every single? Number one vote for that award. I would like to think so, but I, I there's got to be one holdout. There's got to be one. There's always one idiot, right? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always there's, one hobby bias. Blah. Yeah, hobby or you know, like a Nolan Arenado fan, or you know, there's there's got to be one idiot, right? There has to be. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, people didn't vote Ken Griffey onto their Hall of Fame ballot. You know, like people didn't put like yep. Greg Maggs. They didn't put all these. Surefire Hall of Famers on their ballot. So I think there was one guy um, for one year left it blank. Like just voted nobody. That's happened. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? If you, good question. If you're going to waste your vote, why don't you give it to somebody else? Like me. I'll vote. Yeah. I'll do it. But yeah, so Christian Yelch, he should, he should win that MVP award. We will find that out. A week from now, so next Thursday, uh, is when we find out whether or not Christian Yelich will win the the NL MVP. So we'll have that knowledge before our next podcast next week for sure. Um, so the general managers meetings were this week. What? I think there's still one, one. I think there's still one more award we should discuss. What's that? Manager of the year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Manager of the Year Award. Craig Council is a finalist. Um, so he's a finalist along with Brian Snitker of the Braves and Bud Black of the Colorado Rockies. Um, this isn't as surefire of an award for Council as it is for Christian Yelich and the MVP, but do you, you think Council... think so? I mean, Brian Snitker had, had a pretty good year, and he took a very young team that was not expected to win the NL East, and he and he took them to to ninety one wins in the playoffs. Yeah, I guess, but but so just, you know, just this is the job that that Council did just to you know to kind of you know patchwork together a you know a pitching staff, and then you know you know and not not only not only did they you know make the playoffs, they you know they won the division, advanced in the NLDS, you know took took the Dodgers to seven games. I don't know. I yeah, but I mean, th- those votes are cast before the postseason starts, so like it- it's done immediately after the regular season. So how far you advance in the postseason really doesn't have an effect on the okay. balloting. Fair enough, but I don't know. I just I, I I've I've got to think he's. I I don't think it's gonna be like you know as overwhelming as Christian Yelich for MVP, but I've I've got I've got to think he's the favorite. Yeah, I mean. I'd, I'd think so, too, because, I mean, Council got more wins. He 
basically, I mean, he had to play through a tougher division. The NL East was pretty weak this year, considering the Nationals were down, and it was really just the Braves and the Phillies, two really young teams for pretty much all year. Um, so that that's where I think Council's a bit more advantage because he had to take down the Cubs and he had to go through kind of that grueling stretch, and the Braves never really had that. So that's where I think Council does have that added bonus, but. I mean, the Braves, I mean, that was a really young team that Snicker took to to 90 wins and really just kind of brought them all together. But I, I agree. I think it should be Council based on what he did with, with the pitching staff and how he brought this team together to a division title. Agreed. Yeah, I I, I, I would be really surprised if he didn't win. Um, that being said, you know, there's, there's always I, – I, I always feel like there's, there's a bit of an East Coast bias in, in these awards – and just the fact that the Braves play in the NL East, you know, there might be a little bit of a, you know, of, of, of an East Coast edge to it. Um, I can't see Bud Black winning it. I'm, you know, he, he did a, you know, he did a solid job, you know, with the Rockies, but I'm, I don't know, I, I'm always, I'm always kind of set, you know, I'm always kind of sideways when I see a, a Rockies manager up for this. I'm like, how hard, you know, you know, how, how hard is it really to fill the lineup card in that ballpark? You know? Oh yeah, I mean, especially when you got. Nolan Arenado and, and Trevor Story. It's like you just put them out there every day, you know? Just fine. I mean, Council had to deal with rotating through Travis Shaw, Mike Moustakis, Jonathan Scope, uh, even though kind of towards the end it was pretty easy just, just to kind of put Scope on the bench. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, had, having to rotate through Ryan Braun and Domingo Santana, Christian Yelts, Renzo Kane out there in the outfield, and just churning through all those guys – I think that made it a lot tougher on Council, and I think that's why it really boosts his stock to to have that on his resume and should give him a chance to win. I I I, I really have to echo those sentiments. Yeah, I, I I can't disagree with you again. Sorry, right. I wish I, I wish I wish I could disagree with you, but you're always so right. Ah, I know. It's tough, man. It, it it's tough being this right all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Except for last week when I was like, hey. Let's go get Jonathan Lucroy and ever and both you both you and Trevor just laughed at me. I don't think we laughed at you. We're, Trevor we, laughed. We la- I'm sure he did. Oh. You laughed with I, me. Sure, that's what it was. If you say so, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh let's move on now. The general managers meet unless there are any more awards you want to talk about. There are not, no. No, okay. So the general managers meetings were this week, and uh David Stearns along with 27 other GMs because two other teams, the Orioles and the, the Giants, did not have GMs in place, um, and at least for the Giants until recently. But all the GMs were down in Carlsbad, California. I'm sure having a great time and living it up, having some cocktails and talking about which players they want to go after this year. But there were, there were a couple of rumors that, that came out from this past week uh, most centered around other teams. There weren't that many about the Brewers. David Stearns notoriously likes to keep things close to the vest, doesn't really let everyone know what he is thinking about doing. But there is one bit of information that I suppose we could extrapolate uh, to the mm-hmm. Brewers. There was a tweet that I saw that said, basically everyone but one team is interested in Marwin Gonzalez, the uh, utility <laughs> infielder for the formerly of the Astros, now a free agent. So everyone but one team is in- interested in a versatile infielder, outfielder that can hit. 
Um, I doubt David Stearns is the one GM that's not interested, uh, at least in a guy like that. The, the only team I could even think of is the Marlins. Yeah. Maybe, so, or let's see, who else is not going or, for any money? Orioles? Orioles, maybe. Yeah, probably probably Orioles. Yeah, I because they, they don't, I don't think they have a GM yet, do they? No. No, they also do not have a GM currently. So, yeah, there you go. It's it's That's the only team I can even think of. I mean, I, I, I find that out that there's even, even one team that's out on them, but, you know, what are you going to do? So Yeah. It's not it's not our problem. <laughs> Sounds no, like they're not. they're not interested, but all right, so Marwin Gonzalez, I mean he's he's a pretty decent hitter. He can play all over the place. He's like Aaron yep. Perez, but better. With a bat. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Aaron Perez, but not only decent against lefties. Because Perez because yes. you had the, the article on tender or non tender Aaron Perez and I did. Yeah, so Perez, he's like, what, 277 against lefties this past year and against righties, he was just, eh. Much worse, but yes. Accurate, yeah. Yeah, so what do you think? Do you think they, do you think they should go after Marwin Gonzalez and maybe try to give him a run here in Milwaukee? Where's he going to play? Well, let's see. Um... You could, he could replace Jonathan Scope at second base, at least for this year. Okay. Can he, 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 let's see. He played 32 games at second base last year. Uh, one fielding error in 30 in almost in in just just under 200 innings. 183 innings. He had one error. Sounds like Travis Shaw. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I. He turn, he's going to turn thirty before opening day. He's probably going to want he's going to want a multi year deal for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I, honestly, I, I think their money would probably be better off spent elsewhere. Really, I actually I think so too. I, I don't. I really don't think they should be going after at least at least hard after Marvin Gonzalez. I mean, David Stearns. I mean, he is of the philosophy of leave no stone unturned. He's going to call on. Just about everyone, just just to kind of see what the price is and whether or not mm-hmm. there's any mutual interest. And for Marwin, I think he's going to be out of this market early just because he's going to want a multi-year deal. It's going to be a very competitive market. A lot of teams are going to be going for his services. So that for means sure. you're, you're probably going to end up with a bidding war at some point for Marwin Gonzalez. And that, that's going to end up with somebody overpaying which doesn't sound like something David Stearns will do for a no. player that he really doesn't technically need. So I, I don't think Marwin is going to end up in Milwaukee, especially since they already have a guy like Aaron Perez already on the team, even though Marwin's a little bit better with the bat. Uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, it, it, it his, his his peak value came in 2017 where he was a four a four win, a four war player and honestly in order in order to do that he needed a, a batting average on balls in play of 343 and he had an isolated slot and, and an iso of two of 226 that's well both are both of those are well above his career average so he, he we I think we've kind of seen like the best that Marwin Gonzalez has to offer I I understand why teams are hot after him he was super versatile can play just about anywhere and you know can do a decent job of it, but I don't. 
if he if he's your everyday second baseman, or are 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 you really you know, is, does it make the Brewers that much better? I I don't know that it does. Well, I think he's better than Scope, so I think that that'll be an improvement for the team. Well, Scope's gone, so Scope's gone. All right, I I want to well, get rid of him in my, too. In, in my in my opinion, he should be gone. But he we'll should see. be gone too, as posted in my hypothetical offseason plan. Uh, which, if you haven't read, you should. It's kind of goes in depth on a lot of the moves that I think would make a perfect off season for the Brewers. It's it covers all all the needs and the holes on this roster. Uh, it trades away some of the surplus. It brings in uh, some other guys to help improve this team and get them to what I think would be a World Series caliber team. And so definitely go check that out uh, on reviewingthebrew.com. So, kind of some other things that, that really came out here during the GM meetings are a couple of rebuilds that are going to be getting underway here soon. The Seattle Mariners are going to, quote, reimagine their roster this offseason as they look to try to shed salary with some of their really terrible contracts. Robinson Cano, Kyle Seeger, Mike Leake. All those guys are under terrible contracts that they're likely not going to be able to move. But they could trade some of their under-control, cheaper players like James Paxton. And James Paxton is going to be a big trade target out there this winter. He's a left-handed pitcher. He threw a no-hitter earlier in 2018. And he's under control for two more years. And he's a front of the rotation, number one, number number one, number two type guy in, in a starting five. So, Matthew, I, I just want to ask you this. What do you mm-hmm. think of going after James Paxton? That's probably going to cost you Keston Hero, isn't it? Uh, maybe. I, I don't think so. I think you might be able to get by with, with giving up Corey Ray because keep in mind they do have Robbie Cano for the next several seasons and they do have D. Gordon. So a second baseman really isn't at the top of their priority list. It's outfield that they really need. So maybe mm-hmm. you could you could go with Corey Ray instead. That's what I would do at least. Corey Corey Ray for two years of James Paxton. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I think I don't know that the Mariners would be okay with that. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not just Corey Ray. You'll probably have to give up a pitcher as well. Yeah, you probably would. You know, it'd have, to, it'd have to be like a useful player too. I don't Woodruff, <sighs> Corey yeah, Ray, and Woodruff. Because I, I don't, I don't think you're pro- going to give up Burns. And no. even even though the, the guys at Soto Mojo, the the Mariners fan sided site, they're like, okay, Keon Broxton and Corbin Burns. I'm like, whoa. Uh, I'm I'm good with giving up Keon Broxton, but oh, yeah. let's let's stop there before we get to Corbin Burns. You know, I, I I think the the Brewers would probably prefer Wood, to deal Woodruff before Burns. Oh, a hundred percent. Of course, but I don't. Yeah, I, I I don't. It, it, I, I you know you know you know for for successful deal you have to look at it from both perspectives. I, I think if I'm the Mariners, I think I think I demand Burns. I would I would want you know you know Burns ahead of Woodruff, and I, I don't know if I'd be so willing to negotiate. Yeah, but I mean, keep like. They'd also like if you're also getting Corey Ray, you know they they could just kind of switch the, unless they like okay maybe not Corey Ray, give us one make maybe give us Domingo Santana or Keon Braxton, but we want 
Corbin Burns. And if I'm David Stearns, I'm, I'm going to be like, nah, you'll get Brandon Woodruff, and, and that's it. Because Freddie Peralta they originally got from the Mariners. I don't think they're going to send him back. <laughs> and Corbin Burns, I really don't see getting traded at all. I, I think he's going to be a, a member in this rotation starting next year, and, and he's not doing it for another team. Yeah, but you, you've also got to remember that you know James Paxton, he, he, he's just turned 30. And he's never thrown more than 160 innings in a major league season. That that's true. So, so the, he, good. I was just gonna, like, if you're David Stern, it's like you're going to point that out. It's like, why am I giving up my best pitching prospect for a guy who's never thrown more than 160 innings? It's a good question. I don't, you know. Yeah, I, I don't like. Answer I mean, me that, Jerry Depoto. If, if 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 you want to add James Paxton to your rotation, that's what you got to give up. Um, you, know, you know, Paxton. You know, he's a lefty, so he'd be a decent fit. Um, you know, the peripherals on him are outstanding, so he's going to attract a lot of interest. So i I could see the Brewers stiffing around him. I don't know necessarily that that that's the best option for them this offseason. Fair enough. Um, another option that could be out there: cool. the San Francisco Giants uh, could be getting going on a reimagining, restructuring of their roster. And Madison Bumgarner, the postseason hero, could be up for grabs on the trade market. He's got one year of control left on his contract for $12 million. The Giants exercised his club option. So Bumgarner for $12 million for one season. Sounds like an absolute bargain, but it's not going to be easy to acquire him uh, as we've kind of seen a lot of Giants fans and uh, people say on Twitter that they're going to have a very high price for one year of Madison Bumgarner. For sure, yeah, he's going to come at a, at a premium. It's not going to, it's not going to be quite Chris Sale level when when you know the Red Sox had to part with you know two top twenty prospects plus. Um, but it's probably going to be at least one top twenty prospect plus. So, so that's going to be Keston Hira. I would imagine, yeah, it would take at least Keston Hero, probably Keston Hero Plus would, would be my guess for uh, Madison Bumgarner for one year. Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, but I've also seen that what the Giants want is an MLB-ready outfielder um, because I mean, in the infield they have Joe Panic at second base, they have Brandon Crawford at short. I mean, they they don't really have a need for a guy like Keston Hero at, at his position, so. And I don't think you're just going to be able to get away with Corey Ray because Corey Ray is still a year away. And At least, yeah. the MLB-ready outfielders that Stearns would be willing to trade, like Domingo Santana and Keon Broxton, are not going to be enough to get you Madison Bumgarner. And I saw this one, this one Giants fan on Twitter basically saying, like, you know, yeah, it's going to take that MLB-ready outfielder and, you know, someone that would make a GM cry to part with. Yelich is a start. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> you slow your freaking roll there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, four years of Christian Yelich under control for one year of Madison Bumgarner. After Yelich is going to win the NL MVP, yeah, sounds like and, just a start in that trade. Madison Bumgarner better win all 162 I, games of the regular season I, if that's going to happen. I like how he considers Christian Yelich MLB ready. Oh yeah. And it's like, I mean, 
Yeah, like uh, he seems ready for the big leagues. He seems okay. Yeah, I, I, th- I think he's just about ready to start. Yeah, he's yeah. about ready. He's got potential. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit. Oh, but man. It, not only this is Madison Bumgarner. He's he's in his age twenty nine season. Um, yeah, he's between the last two seasons. He's only thrown about two hundred and thirty innings between the last two years. Um, the results have been mixed. Um, velocity is a bit down, but it's been down before. So it's you know we we've kind of seen him you know maintain you know the, you know w- you know the velocity he's at and 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 still succeed. So it's not we're not talking like King Felix where he's down from like ninety five to you know eighty four. Oh but, yeah, King Felix has had quite the uh, the fall from the throne. And he's only he's only like thirty three or thirty four. He's yeah. like not that old. I mean, and he's getting like twenty seven, twenty eight million dollars next year. Oh yeah, he's had a ridiculous contract for like a lot of years. So, yeah. well, I think he's only got one year left. So oh, is that what it is? I th- I think so, but the Mariners are gonna have to eat that because no one's gonna trade for Felix now. Not a chance. I, I don't, yeah, no. It's, well, it, it, at this point, you know, it's just kind of you know, just whatever you get out of him, you get out of him. You know. Yeah. It's so. like when you had Matt Garza. It's just too big of a contract. <laughs> you just had to eat it. Yeah, Except Garza, Garza kept showing up every fifth day, whereas King Felix takes months off at a time. Eh. I mean, I think they pushed him to the bullpen this year. That was sad. Yeah. And then did they try to move, didn't the Brewers try to move Garza to the bullpen? He's like, no, I won't do it. So they sent him home. Like he, like he wasn't there for the final like three weeks of the season in 2016, I don't, I don't think. Because they're like, we want to put you in the bullpen because we don't want you starting. And he's like, screw you guys. I want to pitch. So they're like, then you go home. Was he hurt? I, I almost want to say he was hurt. but I, I, I don't think he was. You, you, you might be 100% accurate. I, 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 don't, I don't have total recall of all things Matt Garza. I apologize. Well, we all try to forget those years. I think we do, yes, because they were bad. So, they were. Um, yeah, Madison Bumgarner, I... I don't. I don't know that he's going to get quite the return that the Giants are expecting. Um, oh, he's not. No, not a chance. I mean, if, if, the if if they're expecting a Godfather like you know Chris Sale offer, it's probably not going to. It's probably not. It's, you know that phone's probably not going to ring. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if you know if if they're willing to you know to listen on you know you know one top prospect plus. There might be some movement, but I don't. I don't. I don't think they are. I, I if I'm them, honestly, I would probably hang on to you know Bumgarner until the until the deadline, then look to flip him. Yeah, might be able to to get something, but then you don't get the qualifying offer to to send to him to get that draft pick. But well, no, but you, you'd get the prospects from the trade though. So I mean, yeah, that's true, and and they'd be much closer to to helping you out. Yes, God, yes. You know, a, a, a draft pick. You know, a draft pick. You know, it's essentially a lottery ticket. Yeah, and you know, for, for, for baseball, and like with, with that Chris Sale deal, Chris Sale was under team control for for a couple seasons. For, a lot of seasons, like yeah, what, no, he, three or four. I think it was. I think it was like. I think it was at least four. Yeah. Yeah, Madison Bumgarner's got one year left, so you're not going to get that kind of return for a pitcher with three less years of control. Yeah, no, it's just not going to happen. No. Yeah. Well. People people can dream on on what those uh, trade returns will be, but yeah, whatever. You know, but but you know you know uh, David, I don't know if you've heard this, but there, there are quite a few trolls on Twitter. Oh really? 
I'm I don't shocked. know if you, yeah, you, you, might, you might have noticed that there's there's quite a, there's a bit of the fake news going around. So, it 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 wouldn't shock me if that if that individual was 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 a bit more interested in trolling than he was in you know an actual an actual offer. So, yeah, I don't know. Seems pretty serious. <laughs> he, he sounds pretty serious, but who knows? So yeah, uh, or maybe it's just like people that just don't understand how. Baseball Trades, works. Yeah, how baseball <laughs> yeah. works. It's like, um, no, you're not going to get an MVP player for four years for one year of your aging pitcher. Yeah. Sorry. Or, or the old Red Sox thing where they'd take like two mediocre players and try to trade them for yeah, Mike Lowell and Jason Veritek for Maglio Ordonez. Yeah. Yeah, no. They're not going to happen. No. Oh, well. People... People can dream, can't they? I suppose they can. Yeah. All right, so let's switch it up now. Let's go to the Arizona Fall League uh, for oh, okay. a little bit here. Uh, Keston Hira. If, you want to talk if, some Peoria Javelinas? Yeah, some Javelinas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I believe the, it's, it's Spanish for the J is pronounced like an H. And Yeah, yeah, I know. I was just, I was oh. just trolling you there, the javelinas. Oh, you uh, get some jalapeno poppers up in here. Yeah, like like you see with the commercial, just mispronouncing jalapeno. I'll take your word. I, I think it's a Wisconsin thing. You and your <laughs> Illinois living. Yeah, yeah, fib. Nobody's I, perfect, man. Yeah, you've at least heard of a fib, right? Being called a fib. What is that? What does that mean? Oh, I'll explain it to you off the air because I don't think, I don't think they want us to. Uh, ex- I, I I don't think I can is, tell you the actual. Uh, three is, is, words. The F, is the is the is 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 the F a bad word? Yes. Okay. And what, so what, is, is the, the B. B. Oh. Yeah. Okay. No. No. This is this is a new one. Well, I, you know, fibs we, don't even know that they're fibs. Typical. Well, the 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 one that I have heard is is the Wisconsin tuxedo. The Wisconsin tuxedo. Yeah. It's a, a jean jacket and jeans. Uh, yeah, maybe that's uh maybe that's more of a northern Wisconsin thing. I uh, based on what I've seen. Oh, okay. <laughs> moving, moving on to let's talk about let's talk let's about, about Keston Gira in Arizona. Yeah, okay. it's just... <laughs> we get so off track. Yeah, uh, yeah so Keston Gira is raking in the Arizona Fall League. Big surprise to uh, nobody. Uh, <sighs> no. Yeah, he <laughs> is lighting it up, and as Adam McKelvey would say, "The man can hit." I honestly, I don't I don't at this point I don't really know what he's doing there. Um, hitting. Oh no! What I'm what I'm saying is he it's it's obvious that he's too good for this league. Yeah, you know, and he's facing off against like other top prospects. But I mean, you know, AFL is like, you know, it's like high A, double A, like somewhere in between. There is typically where the level kind of settles. So. Yeah. Let's just say he's a bit too he's he's a bit too advanced as a prospect and a hitter for for this league. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean the AFL is kind of seen as like a, a finishing ground for prospects. Like you take the 
the guys you want to get, you know, ready for next year and be like, all right, here you go against some of the best competition in the minor leagues and just kind of give the little fine tuning with all the coaching staffs, fine tuning swings or whatever. Um, that'll get them ready for um, Major League Baseball as soon as possible. So, and with, with how Keston here is doing, you'd have to think he's going to be ready a lot quicker than uh, some might have anticipated before. I think I think you know it's pretty obvious that the bat is just about ready. Um, I think the reason, the, the actually the real reason he's done this is probably for the gloves, so he can play every day at second. You know, get some more reps at second base. For sure. Um, so honestly, at, at this point, it, you know he's he's far too advanced for you know it, you know the bat is far too advanced for the AFL. Um, so really, what you have to do is you have to pay attention to what he's doing with the glove. And he's been, you know, from, by all reports, he's been perfectly fine. So yeah, he's been he's been hitting well over three hundred in the AFL. I think that's more than perfectly fine. So the future seems to be bright. Um, there are a couple other players down there with him, and. They're having pretty decent AFL stretches, and but none really have been as, as noteworthy as Hira. And, I mean, he's one of the top prospects down there. He's one of, the, like, the highest-ranked uh, prospects in MLB Pipeline that's down at the AFL. And because of that, he's getting – I feel like he's getting a lot more attention. And, hmm. you know, when he goes, when he continues to go two for three, three for four, you know, just pounding baseballs all over the place – it's just gonna it's just gonna capture a lot more attention. I think he's leading the AFL in RBIs. He's like tied for the most or second most in home runs. Like it's just it's a ridiculous amount of things that, that he's leading down there. And uh the Peoria Javelinas that the Brewers prospects are on, uh they are officially moving on to the AFL championship um later on at, at the end of the AFL season. That they're going they're moving on into the playoffs. Because their team just dominated their division down there. Hmm. Fair enough. So I mean, good. It's, it's good <laughs> we have to see more Keston here. More Keston, yeah, yeah. I think for for what Keston here for for how his value is, um, any chance of trading him, you know, if the Brewers wanted to for some reason, the list of players that David Stearns would be willing to trade here a four, I believe has gotten a lot shorter over the past year. Mm. And if say Corey Kluber is, is out there on the, on the trade market and David Stearns wanted to get him, that's going to cost Keston Hira. If the Mets wanted to trade Jacob deGrom, that's going to cost you Keston Hira. Mm, Agreed. And outside of that, is there anyone really on the trade market that you'd be willing to give up Keston Hira for? Because I, I don't think I'd be willing to give him up for James Paxton. No, but oh God, no. Anyone, any other pitcher or or whatever out there, would would you give him up for for like a JT Romuto or anyone else on the trade market that you'd say I'd be willing to give up Keston Hira <sighs> for him? I I would probably say, I would probably say no on Real Muto. And I'm a big Real Muto guy. I would like the Brewers very much to trade for him. If the price was Keston Hero, I think I'd be a bit disappointed. Yeah. Um, just looking at it, uh, it's yeah, it's it's Degrom, it's Kluber. 
I think I it's I'm just struggling with Kluber. Yeah, I it, unless it's like that level of pro, that level of player, I'm I'm really not interested. Um, you know, I, but the you know the the other guys you would trade him for probably wouldn't be on the trade market. I mean, you know, Aaron Nola would would interest me, but he's not going to be moving anytime soon. No, uh, Blake Snell would interest me, also not moving anytime soon. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'd, I'd be hurt. I'd, it's I'm kind of struggling. Um, I don't think I would trade him for Garrett Cole. No, no, for I sure. Think, I think I don't think I would. Huh. Um, I'm just, I'm just kind of going. You're just going through some names to just kind of let's see who's. And yeah, that's it's it's actually a really short list. Uh, how about Trevor Bauer? Would you do Bauer for Hera? I don't. I don't mm. think I would. Well, I mean, I, the I, thing I, with Bauer, he is he is known as as stating that he will not sign. A multi-year deal. He's going to go year by year. He'll never sign an extension. He'll never sign anything like that. He's always going to take it year to year. So I really kind of might take away some value for the acquiring team in a trade just because you know you're not going to be able to sign him to an extension. And, you know, you're just getting him for whatever's left on his arbitration value, which is only just going to keep on getting higher and higher. So as, as much as I like Trevor Bauer and as much of – uh, as much fun as he can be to watch on Twitter sometimes, I, I really don't think that's that's a guy the Brewers would want to go after. Just a, just maybe based a bit more on his personality and how he might mesh with the clubhouse because he's kind of a known as a little bit more of like maybe an abrasive guy, just kind of a more more of an out there uh, type guy willing to speak his mind. Whereas Milwaukee's kind of a little bit more let's keep it in here in house. Mm, makes sense. Okay. Right. Yeah. I like I like yeah. Bauer. I I really do, but I I'm not trading Hira for him for two years of control over Trevor Bauer or three years, whatever it is. I'd, I'd have to give that one some thought. That that one I'd be I, I'm a big Trevor Bauer fan. I've always really liked him. You know, he, you you can test. You. I think he was on both of my fantasy teams this year. Ah, uh, no wonder you won. You, it, yeah, one of them. I should I should have won the second, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, no I, I I'm, a, I'm a big Bauer guy, so I would I I would probably be okay with it. I would have to you know I'd, I'd have to give give that one a harder look. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's that level of pitcher is, is what we would expect to do, to see coming back in, in a Kesson here deal. However, that I, I think that's the point we're we're trying to make here. Yeah, I mean it's okay. What about what about Whit Merrifield? Because Will Merrifield might still be on the trade market. I think it'll be like four years of control-ish, I think, for him. And if you trade here for him, because they're going to want to haul in return for Whit Merrifield, um, Merrifield will probably be at second base for the next however many years that he's under contract if the Brewers acquire him. Hmm. So would you trade here then, kind of similar to how the Brewers traded Lewis Brinson for Christian Yelich? It's like you're, you're trading the guy who was your future for a guy who's already – you know the the big league ready talent that that currently that's now going to be your future. So what would you do him for for Whit Merrifield? 30, 30 year old Whit Merrifield with four years of control versus twenty two year old Keston Hero with six years of control. I think I'd rather roll the dice than Keston Hero. Yeah, fair enough. I I would too. Um, I was just throwing out there because he's another guy who's 
really he's going to have a big big asking price on him this winter if the Royals wanted to trade him. So, you know, he, his name was brought up in the past for the Brewers having interest in him, but now with Keston Hira getting a lot closer to the big leagues, uh, I think they'll just they they'll be more willing to roll the dice on him. So I'm I'm really putting that list at for Corey Kluber and Jacob Degrom is the only two players I would move Keston Hura for. I think it's just down to those guys. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I I'm I I I might be willing to expand that a little bit if 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 another name came came on the list. But yeah, I, I I can. It's definitely that level of pitcher that we would expect to come to come back in the trade for sure. Absolutely. So. In our, let's now move on to our mailbag segment. And so we asked a question on Twitter, uh, or we ask, you know, each week on Twitter for any questions anyone has for the podcast. And there's only one this week, and, and it's from our good friend Paul. Hey, Paul. Paul wants wants us to give our 2019 starting five predictions. So, so who do we think is going to be in the rotation next year in the starting five? Matthew. Okay. Um, I'll let you go first. Who Who's your starting rotation for the Brewers on opening day 2019? Opening day 2019. Okay. I'm, I'm really glad you qualified that because I was about to ask. Um, opening day 2019, I think my my fifth starter, I'm going to say Jimmy Nelson. Okay. Okay. My fourth starter, I'll say... Brandon Woodruff. All right. Okay. My three. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to like. Or, I'm trying to organize it in my head before before I say it. My three. I'll say. Right now, I'll say Zach Davies. Oh, okay. Bold choice. All right. Who's your number two? Okay. Two is Julius Chassin. All right. And oh wait, no, 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 wait, wait, wait! I screwed up. I screwed up. I screwed up. Um, big mistake. Big mistake. I'm, I apologize. I'm, I forgot a name. Okay. I'm you, 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 you don't have to go like you know number like one, two, three, four, five. Like no, this. no, no, no. I, I, I want to. I want to. I, oh, it, it all helps right. Help story. I'm, I'm going to swap my three instead of instead of Davies. I'm going to go Peralta, Chasine, okay. and Keuchel. Oh, all right. There we go. So no Corbin Burns. Uh, bullpen. Wait. <laughs> Time out. David what? Stearns even said Corbin Burns will be in the rotation next year. He's not going in, they, into the they bullpen. Said they, they said the same thing about Josh Hader. Yeah, okay, this this is so much different than Josh Hader. Is it? Yes, because the, they never said 100% Josh Hader's going into the rotation. They said we'll see. They, they, I don't recall. I don't recall seeing one hundred percent. No, they they said one hundred percent. I don't I mean, think they, they would say that. They did. Da- David okay. Stearns and Craig Council. They said one hundred percent. He's going into the rotation next season. This was just kind of a, a one year thing. Okay. I I'm just I'm just letting you know there. Okay. So, here's my starting five prediction. So I'll go. Because I had this in my hypothetical perfect offseason plan, I'm going to go number one, Dallas Keuchel. Number okay. two, I'm going to have Yulis Chassin. Okay. 
Number okay, three. Okay, we're, we're in agreement so far. Good. Yeah. Number three, Corbin Burns. Number four. No, it's too high for Corbin. Jimmy Nelson. Okay. And number five, I'm going Freddie Peralta. Okay. Brandon Woodruff. Um, could bullpen. be in bullpen or possibly maybe in a trade for someone this offseason. I don't think they will, but that's just an, an option. But I, I think if you get a guy like Keuchel, if you get a free agent ace to bring in, that pushes Woodruff out of the rotation. And he pitched well out of, out of the bullpen this year, and he kind of dropped down to, I believe, just two pitches uh, when he was in the bullpen, and, and he worked well with that. So maybe there's there, there's a chance he could stick in stick in that in the in that bullpen, but um, for for the rotation, if you get a guy like Keuchel, that pushes Woodruff just on the edge. I think it just pushes him out. Interesting. If they don't sign a free agent ace, I'm I'm putting Woodruff in there as the five, and everyone else just moves up one. Okay. Now, what are you doing with, with Chase Anderson? Trade him. For anything. <laughs> okay. I mean, the dude gave up 30 home runs in 30 starts this year, 22 of which came at Miller Park. His ERA skyrockets when he's at home, and he's he's an extreme flyball pitcher. I don't like Chase Anderson in, in Miller Park, and mm. for that reason, I, I want to trade him. This also, he, he regressed hard in, in 2018. He regressed back to, to what he was for the first part of his career for basically his entire career outside of 2017 when he had that uncharacteristic 2.7 ERA. You know, outside of that, Jimmy Nelson, or Chase Anderson hasn't been a good pitcher. He's posted an ERA above four every single season outside of that. So I, I'm really just – I'm ready to move on from, from Chase Anderson. Fair enough. Okay. And I'm also trading Zach Davies, too, in, in an ideal I, world. I, th- I think we both are, yeah. In an ideal world, yeah, we flip both of those guys. Um, I, I think Davies has more trade value than what Anderson has. I think so, too. Sim- simply because Davies is younger and he doesn't have that contract extension. He just has arbitration to go through. Meanwhile, Anderson, he's got only one more guaranteed year in his contract. The final two are options, so other teams wouldn't be locked into a long-term deal if he failed. But still, that's only one year of control then technically if he does fail. So I think that's going to bring down the price for Anderson. Okay. Yeah, that's just... This is, a, this is all in my hypothetical perfect offseason, too. Like, I am I just, agree. You know, agreed. Yeah. I also, I also want to trade one of Domingo or Keon. I, we wanted I, to trade them last year, so and we wanted to trade them at the deadline. And it, it I, I, just, I, I don't know what to do with those two at this point. I really don't. Well, like, the, the thing is, last year, because they were coming off good seasons, the Brewers yeah. probably had a really high price on them. Like, okay, Domingo Santana. He coming out, he's coming off the season playing every day and hitting 30 homers. So they're going to be like, hey, you got this guy, regular everyday outfielder, 30 homer pop every single season. Like, we want that kind of price. But everyone's like, nah, this dude strikes out 30% of the time, and he's going to regress super hard. We're not going to pay that. And the Brewers are like, well, fine, we'll stick to our price, and then we'll keep him. And now he's dropped down. He's like a, he had like, what, five homers this season? 
and he had spent most of the year in, in the minor leagues. So now I think David Stern is going to be like, okay, he's kind of a reserve outfielder, could be a starter if need be, and the price is going to be way lower on Domingo Santana and Keon Braxton this winter. That's what I think. Oh yeah, the price is 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 way lower just based on you know the performance of in twenty eighteen. So yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. Um, yeah, they 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 got to do something with one, with one of those two guys. It makes no sense to carry both on the same roster. Um, yeah, agreed. Just agreed. Yeah, not a lot of disagreement on this podcast, sadly. I, it, yeah, I, I think that's you know you know disagreement can. You know, it can make for interesting discussion, but you know, there's no sense in arguing something that we will see as obvious. You know, yeah. You know, you know, there's no, there's no John Cruck here who's just going to say something stupid just to say something stupid. Skip Bayless, John <laughs> John Cruck. No, there was the year he like the producers like talked him into picking the Pirates to win the division. Huh. Sounds. Wait, what year was that? It was a while. I'm going to date. My, it's, it was a while ago. Yeah. So you, back when you, the Pirates were good. No, it was when they were bad. Oh. And he, oh, well. and he and he did it, and he did it just because a producer asked him to. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I could do that. Just say something like that that I didn't believe. Just because, hey, do this; it'd be funny, you know. But yeah, well, mm-hmm. of course, I'm not in that kind of position where they're paying me however much money to come up with those opinions. So, well, I mean, True. there was this really bad one. It was Terry Bradshaw a couple weeks ago, and he's like, "Oh God." Given given the choice between uh like if if I had to move, if I had to keep just one of Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers I'd rather keep McCarthy I mean a really good football coach is hard to find so I'd rather move on from Rodgers and keep Mike McCarthy uh and, and do that for my franchise I think that's better everyone's like what no no you do not trade Aaron Rodgers to stick with Mike McCarthy you just no. But that's Terry Bradshaw. Honestly, I, I I don't I don't I'm I'm not sure what the what the, what the Packers can even get for Rodgers at this point. Whatever they would get would not be enough. I I think it would be too too much. And uh, it was two it was 2007 when when John Cruck did that. Oh man, that is a while ago. But yeah, it's it's stupid. Yeah, well. And then later, he, later he was brought onto a radio show to discuss the pick, and he said he wanted to pick Milwaukee. Yay is his answer. But the uh, ESPN producers uh, talked him into to making a bold selection, and thus made the Pirates pick. Wow, he could have gone really bold and said the Reds. I think the Reds were 2007 NL Central. Good question. I think the Reds were probably still bad then. The Reds have been bad for a while. A Let's long time, yes. Yeah, two, <laughs> 90 lost team. Pirates, 94 lost team. Didn't win the division, sadly, Crucky. Ah, he was so close. Uh, or he could have gone with the Astros. Remember when the Astros were still in the division? Yes, I do. That was a wild time. Six teams in the division. It's nuts. It's too many. Yeah, a little bit. But now we've got interleague all figured out, so everything's great. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, speaking of the hot takes from John Cruck, 
It's time for the hot take <laughs> corner. Okay. Uh, hot take corner at the end of every show. We give some random hot takes. Uh, Matthew, uh, I'll give you the floor. What do you got oh, for geez. the? What do you got for the hot I, take corner? You see, I I I, I kind of feel like you know the. I, I kind of feel like we 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 we've had a lot of hot takes. I've, I've, I've the hot take corner. I apologize. I mean, I, I mean, you mean my one about the uh, the gold gloves being a useless award and how no one should pay attention to it, and that the fielding bible ones that we, are the real ones, and that the Rawlings Gold just, Glove just, Awards just, are completely bogus, and we should. I don't know how you can boycott those awards, but we're going to boycott it. Can we boycott the Silver Slugger too? Because those are equally stupid. Well, I mean, Christian Yelich won, so really, why why do we have to boycott? Because it's, it's kind of a dumb. It's just kind of a dumb award. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. Uh, hot take. I I I, I apologize. I've I've used up all my hot takes. All right. Yeah, we didn't did, did, we didn't I, talk about this much beforehand. The hot take corner. No, we should. We should no, no. I I, I kind of knew it was coming, but I, I would rather have a solid discussion than than save something for the hot take corner. Yeah. Oh well. The hot, did, do mean, you have a hot take? I mean, I think I could just go with the the fielding bible ones. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think yeah. Well, the last I time I came up with a hot take, everyone yelled at me. So, I don't know. Hmm. So that's also because I thought of my la- my hot take at like the last minute, and <laughs> it just didn't go well. But yeah, well, no. So that was a very cold hot take corner. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't have much either. But oh yeah, well, it will. It will certainly heat up as the stove does. The hot stove. Uh, the nickname for the MLB off season. As soon as that gets more heated up, uh, the hot take corner. We'll heat up as well. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have that going. But thank you for listening to another edition of the Reviewing the Brew podcast. I'd like to thank Matthew Dwoskin for joining me as always. We'll be back once again next week for the Reviewing the Brew podcast. Be sure to listen and subscribe each and every single week. We'll see you next time.